Watch this. You're listening to The Word on Long Beach. And now, Jackie Ray. Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach. I'm your host, Jackie Ray. Today's show is brought to you by Independence Home. Independence at Home knows that getting older isn't easy. The good news is you're not alone. All of the Independence at Home's no-cost programs and services are personalized to help individuals 55 and older navigate the aging process. Give them a call today and get started at 866-421-1964. Now, I had an epiphany. I was one of the people who was caught in the Southwest drama after my rage subsided. I witnessed a moment that I think we can all learn from, and we're going to talk about that in the second segment. But first, back in July, our very own Mike G, who covers the Long Beach Unified School District, reported that while the Long Beach School District had reached a contract with its teachers union in April, negotiations were dragging with the district classified employees. And these employees are part of the second largest union, which represents over 2,100 classified employees. This means maintenance, instructional aides, bus drivers, nutrition workers, all of that is what falls in that category. Now, here we are in October and there's still no resolution. And I ran into Gilbert Bonilla Jr. and he's the president of the Long Beach Classified Employees Association chapter. I met him last week at that school board meeting. He said he was there to plead with the district for an increase in salaries for workers who are not allowed to work from home as teachers were during the pandemic. He says they're now struggling to make ends meet. So they want a 3% raise that'll be retroactive to July of 2019 and a 4% raise that's retroactive to, from July of 2020. But the district says, no, that's not even a starter. So Gilbert Bonilla joined me via Zoom to bring me up to speed as they head into mediation. Take a listen. Let's start at the beginning. So tell me when there became a real problem with the pay. And then let's just be specific. It's um, with who is really kind of in this in this realm of not getting these raises. And did it start at the pandemic or did it start a little before? I would like to say the pandemic really magnified things because mm-hmm. people, uh, uh, we did need a raise. We haven't had a raise in about three years. I think it was for 2%. And I think it was um, the, I don't, I don't think people understood really uh, what the implications were of taking a 2% raise and giving up medical for the part-timers. Um, I spoke out against that, but I don't think people really got the message and understood that at that time. And people are now starting to see a change in their checks. So it wasn't really a 2% raise. It was a pay cut for many because now they're paying, you know, upwards of $600 a month for one person at the lowest. Uh, we have Aetna Kaiser and then PPOs where they can go to their own doctors, which is like, you know, even with families, it's going to almost $2,000. I got to check the charts, but it's like 1100 and I'm up. So you got to choose, do I just cover myself? Do I try to cover myself and my, my child? Or if I have more than one, do I try to do that? Or am I, or am I you know, forced to decide, do I pay rent and have no medical for my children? Or do I, uh, and then now that because, you know, the pandemic, everything has shot up. Gasoline has shot up, which means food has shot up, rent has shot up, utilities, everything. So now they're like, do I pay for rent or do I feed my children? 
I mean, medical is kind of like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. So we have all these people who are, it's very sad, we're in a, in a situation, in a desperate situation. When, you know, the pandemic came, uh, we recognized that the classified were the only ones really working for the majority of the most part. Teachers got to work from home. Nurses got to work from home. Nurses aid had to come in. Uh, classified had to stay, even though there was nobody there. They they made them do other types of jobs that were kind of out of their class uh, to help um, support the students that were uh, working from home. Which means we had to you know get thousands of Chromebooks, you know, prepped and into a you know to each site, and then those classified people are putting themselves at risk, passing those Chromebooks out to people. You had nutrition services there. They were passing out, uh, you know, all that. You had the custodians there. You had uh, technology. Um, I work in technology. And it was uh, a lot of work for all of us. Uh, but we were there. We, we put ourselves at risk. We put our families at risk because now I got to go home and, you know, take off all my clothes and go jump in the shower, you know, just to make sure before I can get around anybody. And hopefully I didn't get sick, you know, which unfortunately, thank God I didn't. But I know some members did and some passed. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's just, that's sad. So, you know, we're, we're really, uh, we think that it is a very segregated type of thing to do using wages and medical. It, it's not right. We were only we're only asking for seven cents on the dollar. I believe it's a three percent retro and a four percent ongoing. Um, the teachers got a one percent retro and a two percent ongoing. And for what I'm understanding, they're upset with that now. And I think because of what we're asking, what we've found their next round, they're going to also ask for more. Um, we, we looked at the annual budget. We had an analysis done. It's public record. And they have a $1.3 billion budget. Um, for the last three years, you know, they're supposed to spend that budget every year, right? And as a parent... You know, I would be upset that that's not being spent. And part of that uh, that's not being spent was about 30 plus percent. They just put it away and put it away every year. You know, oh, and that, that's so part of our support, right? The, exactly. So, okay. So now you haven't received a raise in three years. When you hit the two-year mark, did you guys understand, okay, this is something we have to address or did you think something was in, in the works and you wouldn't end up at this three, three year mark without seeing a raise? Well, we were, you know, hoping that they were going to bring something up and in the negotiations, they didn't, it wasn't until we did this year. Uh, I don't know the exact month. It could have been somewhere between March and May, maybe we, maybe June, we brought up compensation. Um, we brought up 10%, 10 cents on the dollar. They rejected it. So we countered and we gave them seven cents. Um, I believe they rejected that uh, seven cents on, on the dollar. So now we're going into mediation with, um, normally it's one mediator, state mediator from PERB. 
they're having two mediators come out for this. So now, just so again, and I know you touched on it, but so everyone's clear, this is not teachers. These are everyone else that supports the students uh, from food workers to custodial, everything. And I I think sometimes people forget that it really does take a village to make sure our schools run properly. So I just want to make sure everybody understands that every these these are vital workers. And we know that because you guys were still required to work during the pandemic, correct? Yes, we're we're considered essential workers and you hit it on the nose. Yeah. So now that we're going into mediation, um, especially and thank you for educating me on that. I didn't realize that there was a huge chunk of money that has been set aside in their budget. Is it's. It's, and I know that I'm always the easy fixer. That's just who I am as a person. It seems like this is an easy fix. This money is sitting there. Why can't we distribute that to people who haven't received a raise for three years? Exactly. Um, you're, you're talking about <clears throat> seven cents on the dollar for us would probably amount to five or six million dollars out of that 312 million that's sitting there in the piggy bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to mention the governor just gave us a 5.1 or 2% COLA. COLA stands for uh, cost of living allowance. So as we just, you know, reference to the gas going up, food going up, everything going up, <clears throat> that's supposed to kind of help us kind of, you know, stay in there and maintain why can't they pass that on if 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 they don't want to take it out of the three hundred and twelve that was supposed million that was supposed to be spent, you know, divert part of that from the uh, the, the money they're going to be getting because they've got you know, all kinds of federal aid now to pay for you know uh, furniture and and other things. Uh, there's not a whole lot that has had to come out of pocket. Um, you're you're talking about other districts who our district said you know we're in better shape than they are they're giving their classified workers five percent parma i think gave six percent you know if we're in better shape what's one more penny i mean you see two pennies on the ground when when you walk by and you know it's like is that what is that what we're valued at is that what we're worth two pennies on the dollar if that now that's that's always one of the things I default to. It, is it difficult just just on a human personal level? Is it difficult to continue working day in and day out when you don't even feel like you're worth two cents on the dollar? This is this is the thing. People are crying. They're crying out. It is a matter of of um, you know being being not being valued or, or the perception of not being valued by our, our district. So people do feel, you know, that uh, they're in a desperate situation. You guys do have a union. So how is it that they were able to say, hey, we're going to take your health insurance away? And especially when we know we need health insurance every time we file our taxes now, we have to provide proof of health insurance. How was that not negotiated that said, no, absolutely not at bare minimum, you have to give us that? Yes, they were they were on the hook for medical, but they dangled a carrot during these hard times. People are desperate. They wanted that that 
that retro. They wanted that money right now. They feel like I have to have the money right now, but they're not doing, they didn't do the math in their head. You know, if, you know, the two cents on the dollar uh, will get teachers, you know, if, if, if they were making a hundred thousand dollars, it's probably like $2,400 um, and people making minimum wage that 2%, that same 2% uh, would be maybe like $240. When you look at the $500 a month you're going to have to pay for medical, you know, they didn't do, people didn't do the math. Now, as you go into these mediation, you're currently in mediation or is it in the beginning stages? Yeah, it's the beginning stages. We have a mediation date for Wednesday, October 13th, uh, next week. Okay. So do you expect this process to be fairly long or are you hoping for a speedy resolution? We're hoping for a speedy resolution, but we're preparing for the worst. The district has said they can't do it. And we're, you know, uh, my question is, okay, we're not greedy. We're not asking for a lot of money. We're just trying to survive here in Long Beach. You know, the people that live and work uh, that's, that are here in Long Beach, we're just asking for that seven cents on the dollar. Um, can you explain to us? How, how and why you can't do that when you have 312 million sitting there, explain how you can't, because if you can't, you can't, we understand that. But that's a hard sell when you have money sitting there. As you go into mediation, I, uh, most of us, no matter what job it, we have, we're kind of used to that yearly evaluation where we get that cost of living raise. Are you, as you negotiate, are you going to try to stipulate that that's mandatory going forward so you don't reach another situation where it's been three years and no one's had a raise? We're, we're definitely pursuing that because we can't survive without it. Uh, they, you know, they truly love working here. They just don't want to be you know, homeless. And some people have fallen into that as well. Mm. If there is a parent organization out there that's listening to this, how can they reach you if they do want to get involved and figure out a way that they can help? Oh, yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, my, I, I, I'll give my email address. It's uh, gbonia.jr.csea at gmail.com. Um, uh, there's, you know, you, you can email me there and then I can either point you in the right direction or, you know, we can get uh, a forum going and, and communicate so that we can uh, work with each other. Cause we're working to, you know, to provide that service for the community and we, we need to, you know, sync, uh, you know, synergy. We need to work together and uh, to, to have help give them that support. A lot of parents don't realize the things that are going on and if they did they probably say wow let's yeah let's work together i think that sentiment is so poignant we have to work together coming up i'm going to give you my personal experience with southwest and tell you why i echo those same sentiments stay with us independence at home knows that getting older isn't easy the good news is you're not alone their team of pharmacists, nurses, therapists, gerontologists, and social workers are ready to help individuals 55 and older navigate the aging process. Give them a call today to get started. 866-421-1964. 
Welcome back to The Word on Long Beach. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray. By now, I'm sure you have all heard the Southwest drama. Jason Ruiz wrote a great article about that. So if you're not up to speed, go check that out at lbpost.com. But to give you a quick rundown, the early numbers say that 7% of Southwest flights have been canceled today. That's a lot because over the weekend, over 2,000 flights were canceled. So you're looking at right around 2,500 flights that have been canceled in total. Those kind of numbers make it difficult for me to believe the statement that Southwest is putting out about this situation. That statement says, quote, the weekend challenges were not a result of employee demonstrations, as some have reported. Now, Southwest Airlines spokeswoman Brandy King told the Dallas Morning News that the airline was navigating some new weather across their system. Funny thing about weather, though, it does not just impact one flight path for one airline. And given that no other airline had to cancel this vast number of flights due to weather, this statement to me rings more like damage control than it does plausible. Again, I was in the situation. So at bare minimum, Southwest should have told their employees on the ground to maintain this story, which is difficult to do when you're being berated. So I had to spend the night in the airport in Denver. I was in Denver this weekend to visit my mother for her birthday. The plan was to fly back to to LA, to Long Beach, and be here by 9 p.m. Sunday night. Plenty of time to start the week. But instead, my flight was supposed to leave at 7.10. I get a notification that my flight has been canceled at 6.15. So now I'm trying to figure out how I can get to Long Beach I try to go to book another flight on the app as the instructions on the text message told you to do. But because I had checked a bag, which I never really do and I will never do again, I couldn't. Now I have to speak to a customer service agent. I can't get anybody on the phone from Southwest, which means I have to stand in this line to talk to a ticket agent. That line took me about an hour and 45 minutes, maybe a little bit more to get through. And now it's this whole problem because now I can't get my bag back. There's no flights going into Long Beach. I am freaking out. Finally, the ticket agent, because it's it's crazy. As we're talking, sometimes flights are full because everybody's trying to do stuff on their phone or whatnot. It's becoming a very difficult process. Finally, I decide, you know what? I have to give on, up on Long Beach because I couldn't at that point get to Long Beach until Tuesday night. I have to give up on Long Beach. Let me go to LAX. Finally book a flight that's leaving at 9.45 to LAX. Fine. I go back to the terminal. My flight is canceled at 9 PM. There's no more flights going out to LAX. There's no flights going to Long Beach. Now I'm just stuck. So now I'm, I it's 9 PM. I'm trying again to navigate with other airlines. Finally, somebody must've canceled their flight because now a flight that takes me to Oakland has an hour layover and it'll get me to LAX at 10 30 AM is open. So I run to the ticket counter because I still can't book it on my phone because I have a checked bag. Run to the ticket out counter, kind of cut. Somebody was nice to me and let me do it because <laughs> I was panicked and they let me book it. Now I have to spend the night in the airport though, because my mom lives 45 minutes away from the airport. By the time all this happens, it's 1145. If I go to her house, I'm also going to have to get an Uber at 3:30 in the morning, which is impossible to do. So it doesn't make sense to leave. So now I'm sitting there and then this is where things get kind of 
I mean, they're bad. They're, there's a lot of us sitting there. A lot of us are complaining. But then a flight lands. And, and this is bad what happened to them. But the situation that came out of it was where I had my epiphany. A flight lands in DIA. It's about 1.30 in the morning now. I've never seen a plane, plane land that late unless it's, a, it's an actual weather system. But that usually happens in December when it's snowing. But the plane lands. Everyone gets off the plane. They're griping because their plane specifically was delayed because there was no flight staff, but they were able to get a flight staff for that and they got them to Denver. But then when they land, the customer service agents are there to tell people, at least they teamed up. I, I really applaud Southwest for how they did that aspect of it. Because if you've ever worked in customer service, being berated by yourself is the worst thing. So they had a team of customer service agents there to explain to these people that yes, we got you to Denver, but you have no connecting flight. So of course people are angry. And again, when you're being berated, sometimes the truth will set you free. So finally, a woman comes over the loudspeaker and she says, we apologize. We know that you guys are frustrated. You have every right to be. We simply do not have flight staff. So then it becomes a panic situation for everyone because now I'm like, oh my gosh, do they not have flight staff for my 6 a.m. flight? So there's this young lady who basically bursts out into tears at this moment because she has an interview, according to her, for her dream job the next day in Los Angeles. She has to be there no later than 11 because, you know, obviously you want to change and get ready for your interview. So everyone from this flight, I did not participate. I just stood back and watched the situation. Everyone from this flight sees this woman break down and just frantic, hysterical tears. Everyone got on their phones and then they started navigating for this young lady. Like, okay, well, can you afford this? There was a flight on United leaving the next morning, which I thought about, but I was like, I'm not paying that much money. But it was $1,500 to get to LA. She said, I simply can't afford that. So they teamed up and it was about maybe 10 people figured out a way to com combine one one-way flight, I believe on JetBlue and another one on Spirit, which <laughs> Spirit's the worst airline. But they got this young lady to where she needed to go for $398, which was something that she can afford. And they actually gave her some money so she could get something to eat because she was not going to have to spend the night in the airport. After that, then people start talking to each other. Hey, where are you going? Hey, where are you going? I found this flight. And you just hear people kind of total strangers navigating for each other. And in the midst of this, now, regardless of what Southwest said about it, everyone's operating with the fact that Pilots walked out because of the vaccine mandate. So you have people sharing their opinions about the vaccine mandate. Some of them are, some of them are for the mandate. Some of them are against it. Some of them are kind of Switzerland. They're just like, yeah, you know, whatever you feel is best for you. None of that mattered. They all sat there and helped each other find flights. Where are you going? Hey, I found this flight over here. Oh, thanks, man. That's all you heard. You just started hearing people sit by each other and help navigate this situation, which gave me my epiphany. I think we need to get to the point where we blur the lines a little bit between vaccinated and unvaccinated. Because that moment in time showed me that regardless of what you feel about the situation, we can still work together. It might take a little bit of work to figure out how we can work together, but we can do it. And we did it in the most beautiful way in that moment which is a good, beautiful moment for me to say, <laughs> see, because by 4 a.m., my flight was canceled and then I went back to, back to being just angry. But in that moment, it was very beautiful to see everyone working together. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means 
let's have those who are unvaccinated get tested every week. Those who are vaccinated get tested biweekly because we do know that you can still catch the virus if you're vaccinated. You're Statistically, you have a better chance of surviving, but you can still catch it. Again, Southwest is saying that the vaccine mandate has nothing to do with this. I know what they said on the ground, and I know that they said they had no flight staff, and I and I know no other airline had weather issues to cancel their flights. You guys can paint that narrative however you want. I'm saying, if it was about that, can we all have the same moment in time that these strangers had for that young lady? And it wasn't about their opinions, wasn't about how they felt about it. It was about helping this one person and thereby start this chain reaction of helping each other. It was so beautiful to see. I I think I personally needed to see that because I'm kind of over this situation as we all are. We are over the pandemic. We're over masks. We're over all of it. Doesn't change the fact that the pandemic is still alive and real and obviously doesn't change the fact that we can rise above it and our opinions can be our opinions, but we can figure it out. So proud of those people in that moment. I should have probably gotten all your names because I'm telling your whole story right now, but I didn't. But if you happen to listen to this, you really gave my heart some joy in what was a very angry moment and two days worth of just nonstop drama. So I appreciate you guys for giving me this message to disseminate to our listeners that we can do this, guys. I don't know what that means. That's above me, but we can do it. Think about that as you move forward and things that you want to ask from your employer, politicians, or whatever. Just think about the fact that there has to be a way and we can find it together. That's all the time I have for this week's show. You guys, make sure you reach out to me if you have a story idea. I am next week going to let you know right now I'm going to... Bring on some people that are going to be part of the Black Restaurant Expo. I am excited about that. So make sure you tune in next week. Once again, I'm Jackie Ray. You can find me on all things social media at JRayTheFanatic, or you can email me at Jackie at LB Post. I'll see you next week.